And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is McKay Caston, founding and lead pastor of Creekstone Church in Dahlonega, Georgia. Dahlonega, you got that right. Wonderful. <laughs> McKay, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Hey, thanks, Dan. Great to be here. I um, I forget exactly how I stumbled across you, but uh, we became friends on Facebook, and uh, you run a website, and one of the articles on that website really caught my attention. It's dealing with the idea of slowing down in our lives, and um, you, you start off, and maybe you could retell this story, um, talking about speeding while driving, and so maybe you can get us started, McKay, and Tell us about slowing down today. Yeah, Dan, what the story is, back in December, we had a child with RSV be admitted to the hospital, and my wife and I went over to see the family, to check on the little boy, and to pray with them, and uh, thankfully, everything ended up being okay, but on our way back from the hospital to our town, about 20 miles away, I was driving over a bridge uh, that transports people from uh, Gainesville uh, over Lake Lanier to our town of Dahlonega, and I saw in my headlights the, uh, the the patrol car and knew that I was being hit with the radar. Didn't know how fast I was going, had no idea, and the blue lights told me that I was speeding. Uh, little did I know when he actually pulled me over uh, how much I had been speeding. And it, it really was one of those things where uh, initially I, I said, this can't be. You know, I've never received a driving, you know, a speeding ticket in my life. And so there must be a way to get out of this. I, I must be able to explain to him that I, I, I'm a pastor. I was doing a visitation at a hospital and I'm going back now to take my get my child from Youth group, I didn't know how fast I was going. I've never gotten a ticket before, so certainly you'll let me off, right? And uh, he did not let me off. And I did get a speeding ticket. It was uh, it was more substantial, oh, than I thought. It was painful to pay. But paying that ticket was worth it because I learned a lesson that night about not only finding my righteousness in Jesus and not in my driving record, but also in the fact that... Uh, I'm just living uh, at a pace that's uh, that's beyond what is healthy, and that wasn't just in uh, driving a car. I began to think through other issues about how quickly um, I, I go through conversations, how fast I try to type things, uh, and, and everything just in my life seemed to be where I was doing it as fast as I could, as quickly as I could. How I walk. Uh, how I speak, uh, everything. And there was little margin between tasks and meetings, and I was just uh, putting so much into every day and doing it so quickly. And uh, that speeding ticket just kind of uh, woke me up to the realization that I need to slow down, not just in driving, but in many other areas of my life as well. Yeah, that's a great story. And uh, I can so, so relate to this story. Um, I wonder, I, I'm thinking, McKay, that 
many of us in other parts of our lives, not just driving, are in this trap. And um, maybe we don't realize how much we're, we're going at high speed all the time and that we really need to slow down. Uh, did you also, did it kind of hit you that, oh, wow, I've really been on high speed here all the time? Yeah, it did. It was, uh, it, it took some reflection because the initial uh, frustration of getting a speeding ticket had to settle in until I realized this is just one example of many. And and I think it hit again when I was uh, speaking to someone and just going very rapidly with my words. And then I, I was sitting there to type emails and respond to messages and, and I kept mishitting keys because I was going so quickly and all those things combined within a short amount of time uh, just helped me realize uh, I'm going too fast. And the bigger question is not just what I'm doing, but why am I doing it? Why am I? Why do I feel this need for speed? <laughs> why do I need to go so fast? As if I'm in a race, or as if I'm trying to win something, or if I'm trying to uh, accomplish some task. What is the reason? What's the underlying kind of motive behind all of these different experiences of, of of going too fast and realizing that it was also tied into a spirit of anxiety and a, a, a lack of peace where for those who are list writers, for example, who create lists and to-dos and uh, for those of us who do that, we rarely accomplish in a day, all that we set out to accomplish. And so rather than feeling like we have done something valuable, we feel like failures. And so the next day we add those things onto the next day's list and keep trying harder and harder and harder. And we become like hamsters, just <laughs> on a wheel, spinning and spinning and spinning, wondering, am I going anywhere? Am I doing anything valuable? And so I began to just think through, why am I going so fast and what are some practical uh, limits that I can begin posting for myself to to help me in a real functional way slow down rest uh, rely on God's pace more for my life yeah on your website in this article you mentioned six suggestions for living within limits can you share that with our listeners please yeah sure uh, these are for me, uh, reflecting on my own life, and that might not be equally applicable to everyone. But, but for me, one was was setting a reasonable number of uh, specific, attainable tasks to accomplish each day. That's for me the starting point. Because I'm a list maker. I have, I'm, I'm task oriented, and so I want to get things done. And I found that in limiting those number of things. It relieves some of the pressure to get each kind of task done rapidly. Rather, I was able to do it with more quality and to rest and enjoy the process more than trying to cram as much as I possibly could into a 24-hour day. So I began setting specific attainable tasks and limiting those per day. Uh, second thing was, along with that, uh, building in margin between the tasks and to resist the urge to 
fill that space with just more, <laughs> more tasks, more things to knock out of the list, knock off the list. And, and so that would mean taking a break intentionally, going for a walk, go to the mailbox. Uh, we have, we live in the woods and have a Creek behind the house, walk down to the Creek, you know, listen to the water ripple for 10 minutes, then go back up and work on something else or just stretch or take some time to pray the Lord's prayer, you know, slowly, you know, breathe deeply, enjoy, uh, something that is different than what I would normally do during a work day (laughs) or just draw something. Uh, I enjoy drawing, so maybe it's draw a, a picture of, of a leaf, something as simple as this, go outside and enjoy nature. But building in margins between tasks I, I found to be helpful as well, kind of white space on the page of life. And what you find is that if we have margin, then really neat things can happen there, especially relationally with other people. Because for me, as a task-oriented person, People become interruptions in my tasks, and that is not a good thing. <laughs> and, and so if I can limit the task, tasks, build in some margin, it opens me up as someone who's task-oriented to be able to provide room for people more. And I found it to be really refreshing, actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, and, next on your list, you, you mentioned pulse, but it's mm-hmm. more than just your physical pulse, isn't it? It definitely is more than my physical pulse. It really is is checking my spiritual pulse, looking at those things like anxiety and to what level am I experiencing peace. Uh, a question that I have often asked is, do I feel behind? Where I am in my day, for example, do I feel behind on what I hope to accomplish? And if I'm feeling behind, then I'm certainly feeling stressed. And there are days when that happens. We do have things we get behind on. But if we're always feeling behind, then maybe we have planned to accomplish too much. And maybe things that it's not that the Lord has for us, but things that we have simply put on the plate that don't need to, don't need to be on the plate. Maybe mm. at all, at least for that day. And so to ask the question, like, under the stress, why do I feel stressed? Um, why am I trying to do this so quickly? Why do I feel behind? Uh, those are ways that I ask the question, how's my spiritual heart doing? Do, do I feel as if I am living like a, uh, an orphan of sorts, having to fend for myself? Or do I really believe that I have an Abba Father who is in control and is sovereign and has got everything you know, securely in his hands that I can trust him. That's what it is to have a a good, healthy spiritual pulse, I think. (laughs) Do you ever find that you're running from place to place? Yeah, well, driving quickly, (laughs) (laughs) sadly, running around, meaning driving from place to place, in that, again, it's scheduling life uh, with no margin that uh, I get behind, and so I rush, and I rush, and I rush. And that has been something that, uh, uh, when I realized it, I began to have to ask, is there a better way? There's got to be a better way. And so uh, even the issue, though, of of running with your phys- actual feet or walking, uh, for me, my, you know, my family went, even went on a vacation a while back uh, to, uh, to Disney World, 
And it's a great place. We love getting away there because it's like it's a different world. And to get away from my work, uh, I feel like you know, that's a place where the family we can enjoy things together and uh, not have to do my work tasks. But still, in getting from ride to ride or from <laughs> an event to event, this past year, one of my kids videoed me walking, leaving them in the dust behind because I didn't want to be late for a specific event <laughs> in show. And, uh, and they posted that on social media. And I mean, I was flying. I was willing to knock down old ladies, whatever it took to get to where I was going on time. <laughs> and so I realized even in how I, I walk, you know, why am I going so fast in the grocery store? Am I trying to race to get out of there in 15 minutes? Uh, where do I have to be that's causing me to be in, in such a, to have to go so quickly. And so even you know, literally walking shows me where my heart is when I, so that I can slow down my physical pace. There's something about that that helps me slow, slow myself down spiritually and be able to rest there as well. It's an interesting dynamic how the two are related. Yeah. I, um, I use the computer a lot. You do too. You mentioned even about typing. Yes. Yeah. So for me, you know, setting a number of specific tasks and building in margin and checking my spiritual pulse and learning to, for me, to walk more slowly. Another one is, is uh, gauging how quickly I, I type. Uh, again, it's why am I going so quickly? Uh, and there's got to be an underlying, you know, systemic reason. It's not just that I'm a fast typer. Um, there's something in my heart that is that is driving this. And so when I find myself uh, mistyping because I'm going so quickly, it's just one more uh, kind of red flag for me not to say, okay, stop typing so quickly, but to say more of how can my heart rest? Even in this seemingly mundane activity, it is teaching me something significant about where I am spiritually. And so for me, slowing down even my fingers, slowing down how I walk, slowing down my voice, it's all part of living within limits and learning how to slow down. Hmm. That's, the, that's, that's the next one on my list. The final one is really how I speak. As, as someone who teaches and uh, preaches weekly and uh, does that you know, vocationally, I can't tell you how many people who have come up to me afterward and uh, said, can you tell me what you were saying because your words were running together and I couldn't understand you. Part of that is a physical issue where I grew up stuttering. And so I have to really consciously think through words in order to speak without stumbling over words. And yet if I get going quickly, uh, I most certainly will run words together. I'll stumble over syllables and I won't be nearly as understandable, at least as understandable as I want to be. When I find myself speaking quickly and rapidly, it's not just a functional thing, but it really does, again, show there's something going on in my heart. It's not just a physical stuttering problem. That's one element. But a deeper 
element is in conversation outside of a teaching environment where I begin to teach or speak quickly, I realize how nervous I am for some reason. And there's an insecurity there. And there's something that is not allowing me to rest in having an identity that is securely in Jesus. And that might sound strange, but all these are symptoms for me in my own particular wiring of how uh, a lack of gospel confidence plays itself out in talking too fast, typing too fast, walking too quickly, uh, of needing to gauge my heart and my pulse, uh, build in margin, and not try to accomplish every day as much as I might be tempted to if I'm trying to find my identity in task accomplishment. Yeah, that's so very helpful. Today we're talking with McKay Caston. He's a pastor, lead pastor of Creekstone Church in Dahlonega, Georgia. And uh, he's written this article about slowing down. And uh, now the fifth point of your article you've already touched upon, but maybe you could complete some more thoughts on it, uh, McKay, and that is the gospel empowers us to slow down. And I want to say this also, that not everyone is a type A personality or however you want to characterize it. Maybe some people are just plain lazy and they have an automatic slow button, and uh, yet I think some of this stuff uh, would still apply. So why don't you go ahead? How does the gospel empower us to slow down? That's a great question. I think a really important angle to bring into this conversation. And yeah, I have mentioned it several times before because it really is the underlying issue. It's not just about trying to find some practical ways to to slow down. And you mentioned how some people are naturally more inclined to be slower and and not to do uh, tasks or be productive, and we can be on a laser end of the scale. So but both need to hear the, this gospel. Both need to uh, find their life in this. For one, it will motivate them probably to want to uh, do more and, and to see God work in their lives in a more significant—I don't even know how to say because I, I can't really, It's very difficult to relate to that side of the equation. <laughs> but, but I know for me uh, and those who would relate to, uh, to my type uh, of personality or drive that— uh, that through faith in the finished work of Jesus, uh, that I now have a, a new identity. And that identity is not in what I accomplish. It's about what was accomplished for me in Jesus. It's not about the, 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 the progress that I can make or the things I can produce but it's all about what Jesus has produced in his perfect righteousness. And so as Paul says in Colossians 2.10, in him you have been made complete. Or 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that in Christ we are now the very righteousness of God. And because of that new status, that unchangeable identity, the gospel invites us and I think even empowers us to slow down to slow down and rest, and to to not find our righteousness in our doing, our tasks, our accomplishments, or our own records, but in what's been accomplished for us by Jesus, that we get his record of righteousness. And and that really changes changes everything about how we view the pace of life. Yeah, 
I think that pastors especially are on a schedule such that there's a lot of interruptions. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's um, an emergency here, a hospital visit there, a person dies, and so you got to plan for a funeral service. And then uh, the next week, um, the sermon prep, and it just doesn't end. So is it easy to get burned out as a pastor? I think that that's possible with any vocation, I think, obviously. For some reason, it seems like vocations where you are often having to react to unforeseen human events in a way that is, for a task-oriented person, an interruption. For others, those can be seen as opportunities to serve, to bless, to engage. And yet the unrelenting nature of pastoral ministry is that there are always things to do during the week that are already needing to be accomplished. And then there are things that come up unexpectedly, whether it be, as you mentioned, a hospital visit or even a death or a counseling appointment or some crisis. What that does is it it adds to the already necessary things that we have to get done. Uh, For example, if there's a, a holiday coming up during the week and everyone else takes off the federal holiday, whether it's a Monday or a Tuesday, if a pastor takes that day, quote, off, that just means we have more to do on the rest of the rest of the days of the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like we have an hourly punch in punch out or we're getting things done on an hourly basis. Uh, there's still the sermon. There are still, uh, hospitals and crises. And so I think that it's, it's that, uh, the unrelenting nature of week to week ministry as well as the unknowns that get added to the already necessitated requirements of ministry that that, that can lead to uh, a type of burnout. Uh, I think that's certainly possible. And unless we build in intentional margins, it's uh, it's probably certain that we will experience some form of burnout. Yeah. I really like a point you made early on, too, that having this margin allows for me being able to talk with a person that perhaps I saw as an interrupt. <laughs> and it might even be a grandchild saying, pop, pop, yes. you know, coming into my office and, oh, boy, I I need to welcome that interruption. Now, uh, just in the last two minutes remaining, if someone wants to look you up, uh, Pastor McKay Caston, we're talking with today, uh, how could they go about looking you up and maybe even visiting your church? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. And my website is my name, com, which is M-C-K-A-Y-C-A-S-T-O-N. Dot com. And that's probably the best place to initially connect. Of course, I'm also on social media. would love to connect that way as well. Creekstone Church is in Dahlonega, Georgia. It's about an hour north of downtown Atlanta in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. We're a small college town. 
we meet at the Lumpkin County High School uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, you can also find information on the church website at creekstonechurch.com. That's creekstonechurch.com. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, I want to thank you very much for fitting us into your time today, Pastor Caston. And uh, we've been talking about your article, Slowing Down. And God willing, I hope to incorporate um, these principles into my own personal life. I certainly could use use them. And uh, I could relate to your very first point about speeding. And uh, the Lord spoke to me through that. <laughs> well, um, thank you very much for joining us. And just finally, um, how was it that the Lord uh, called you into the pastorate, may I ask? That's a uh, a long answer, <laughs> but I will give you the short version in that essentially I was involved in a campus ministry and came to uh, discover that I had been essentially a religious moralist for most of my life, believing that if I could be a good enough boy, then God would love me. And eventually I realized that is not the gospel, that I could never have been good enough. There was only one who was good, and that is Jesus, and finding my life in his sacrifice and his gift righteousness uh, was all that I could possibly have. And and so really, it is that discovery that caused me to want to share that very simple message of God's grace in Jesus with others, and uh, propelled me down the road to becoming a pastor. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Well, today we've been talking with Dr. McKay Caston, the founding and lead pastor of Creekstone Church in Dahlonega, Georgia. And Pastor Caston, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. Trust in the Lord and do King of your deepest part Delight yourself in the Lord of Lords And He'll give you the desire of your heart Be still before the Lord And wait patiently for Him still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him.